Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. You have a lifetime to learn technique, but I can teach you what is more important than technique, how to see. Learn that and all you have to do afterwards is press the shutter. Gary Winogrand said that. I enjoy a rigorous debate, being questioned and having to respond. I enjoy the cut and thrust of passionate discussion and am content with no resolution being reached other than an agreement to disagree. My intention is not to change minds, but to question beliefs. I do not have the answer, but I do have questions. In the past week, I had a mock online Zoom-based Viva to defend my PhD, which was certainly an intense experience. Two solid hours of passionate debate that challenged my beliefs concerning photography. Evidently, it went well, although I needed a stiff drink after its conclusion. The actual Viva will take place in mid-May, and I'm looking forward to it. I was also challenged by one of the podcast listeners uh, in the last week who left some very positive feedback about the podcast and about the UN of Photography website. But they also questioned the contentious number five in my photographer's manifesto. If you want to check that one out, you can on the website or in a previous episode. Anyway, we discussed that, as I said a couple of weeks ago, but... um, This is what he said, and here is my defence. The trouble with number five is that it's nonsense. It's as meaningful as saying radio is not music. I won't be characterised as a Photoshop warrior, as I don't subscribe to Adobe Photoshop. The darkroom is reproduction process, you say. Well, having seen darkroom printing firsthand many times, I must assume you meant to say production process. Photoshop is pure manipulation, you say. That's insightful, but not meaningful, as the prone printing process used by darkroom masters has frequently used manipulation, precisely by the waving of the hand for selective burning. Well, here's my answer and my defence. Indeed, I've also been in the dark room many times, but I deliberately used the word reproduction because from my perspective, the making of a print is the reproduction of the negative and the continued making of prints is a reproduction process. Yes, we are producing a print, but we are also reproducing that print. Photoshop is pure manipulation, you say. Well, yes, I think it is. The darkroom is a place of, I suppose, magic when it comes to bleaching and hand-waving and exposures and dodging and burning. I've done that and I've been there. And for me, that's a, a process of interpretation of that negative. Sure, it may be change. The essence may be changed, the aesthetic may be changed. But each time we do it, it's an interpretation of that particular negative. Whereas, of course, with Photoshop, we're manipulating as well as interpreting that image as a final image. 
I have to say, I don't think a Photoshop warrior is somebody who only subscribes to Photoshop. I should also add, I subscribe to Photoshop, but I see it very much as a means to an end, not a means in itself. We move on. If the word Photoshop to you means to fulfill any set agenda set by technicians or people who are obsessed with the idea of post-production perfection, then I think your use of the word obsessed is as a hyperbole. Well, it is. And in any case, what is wrong with seeking perfection? Well, absolutely nothing is wrong with seeking perfection. In my eyes, the manipulation of a photographic image, as I said previously on the podcast, is an art form. However, as an art form, I think it sits as an art form away from photography. It's an addition to photography. My concern is in with those photographers who see that Photoshop is more important than the initial capture itself. The final comment I'd like to kind of respond to is this one. For those purist users of cameras who use JPEGs, I'd be interested in their understanding of what the JPEG is, especially if the camera's setting specifies the making of the JPEG in camera. Contrast, brightness, etc, etc. Could this be the fulfilment of an embedded set agenda by technicians or people who are obsessed with the idea of post-production perfection? Isn't the making of a JPEG essentially a post-production on a raw file captured in camera? So why would that be acceptable to you if photoshopping, loosely defined, is so to be scorned? Well, I'm not scorning photoshop at all. In fact, I use a little bit of photoshop in most of my commissioned work. A little bit of curves to lighten things up, or perhaps a little bit of contrast to be added, or a little bit of colour balance. Just as I would in analogue photography, it's a slight interpretation. But I'm not manipulating the final result. I don't quite understand this idea of JPEGs and RAW because I always shoot JPEG and RAW at the same time. So I suppose what we've got to be careful here is not putting people into pigeonholes based on file format. (laughs) We talked about pedantry last week, didn't we? Well, that couldn't be more pedant than that. Anyway, uh, as far as I'm concerned, photography is an art form and post-production techniques are an art form. Where I come at this from is that photography is the starting point for photography, not for post-production. But I really do appreciate those kinds of comments. So thanks very much to the person who posted them on the United Nations of Photography website because you gave me an opportunity to continue and discuss that debate in further detail. Some of you may have seen the uh, news story that broke in the last week in which uh, Cambodia condemned images which had been manipulated in post-production and were published by the US media group Vice. They featured uh, newly colourised photographs of the Khmer Rouge killing fields victims. And uh, the Cambodians were saying that the images were an insult to the dead because some of the mugshots which had been captured when these people were captured had been altered to add smiles. The artist behind the work, Matt Loftry, declined to comment and Vice have uh, removed the article and the photographs. 
saying that uh, they did not meet its editorial standards and it was investigating the publication. I suppose what we're talking about here is ethics in its most blatant form and manipulation. So maybe number five in my manifesto was right. I previously mentioned that I was perfectly okay with perfection in photography, and I think this week's contributor to What Does Photography Mean to You demonstrates that quite clearly. Born in 1969 near Reading, England, and attending the Berkshire College of Art and Design, Benedict Redgrove is a graphic designer by trade and has spent his career obsessing over technology and innovation. As a photographer, he cut his teeth photographing campaigns and editorials for clients such as BMW, Audi, Aston Martin, British Airways, IBM, Sky, Sony and T-Mobile. However, his love of sci-fi and space exploration has intuitively led him to creating personal projects based on his client base of the most advanced companies in the world, granting him access to secret and often hidden divisions at organisations such as Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defence, the Royal Air Force, European Space Agency, uh, British Aerospace and NASA. His book, NASA, Past and Present, Dreams of the Future, was nine years in the making and contains over 200 images of space exploration's most iconic objects. Hello, Grant. Um, thank you very much for inviting me on. It's, um, it's an enormous privilege, uh, so thank you. Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit of background on me is I, I, I left art school um, and worked as a graphic designer for the first sort of eight years of my working life. Um, and um, I was photographing the weekends. I'd, I'd go photograph race events and um, and news stories and, and shoot travel and landscape and portraits. And, um, and so I slowly started to embrace the things that I really that felt right to me. Um, I think I assisted a little bit. I wasn't a particularly good assistant. Um, and then started putting together a folio. And, and after a quite a short time, um, I was lucky enough to get an agent. Um, and that helped me progress in the sort of commercial world. I, I guess the long and short of it is that photography is really, it's, it's a release for me. Um, it allows me to show others how I see things. And I, and I think when I get get it right it feels like that's the sort of most eloquent way of me showing you or, or whoever how I feel how I am um and when it's not right I, I feel like I've kind of let myself down and I haven't fully explained or sort of shown the way I wanted you to see something or to understand it I mean, photography it, it's, it's the kind of the first honest relationship I have really it was um or that I discovered for myself anyway, it felt like something I'd known that was familiar to me before I even knew what it was. It's a, it's a sort of difficult thing to explain, really. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it took me years uh, to understand how to take pictures, uh, technically, but um, there was an immediate feeling, though, an immediate association or, or um, understanding of the relationship that between me and the camera. So it, it, it was kind of a... Uh, a difficult friendship really but um, I think whenever I hear photographers talking about their work I think that's the sort of thing that unites all of us it's that, that we're all immersed in 
in what we do. Um, I mean, it's something that you are, you know, you're, it's a sort of symbiotic relationship. You and photography or photographing become one and the same. I mean, I constantly see pictures and I have scenes and I have notepads and, and, and sort of jot down observations that turn into other ideas. Um, and I have a particular way of seeing things, a sort of type of, well, my brain has a sort of type of autism and, and that sort of mixed with ADD and dyslexia make me a sort of constant source of ideas. And synapses firing at variable rates, ranging from sort of slow to mayhem, which um, which can be good if not exhausting. But um, I've tried sort of different ways to control it. But actually, the best way to control it is just to let them all out. Um, uh, which means I'm I'm sort of constantly working on various projects and different ideas and different things, and um, and it's what keeps me going. Um, you know, the NASA project for instance, was an extremely long, long project, sort of 10 years from very start to, to the book being produced. Um, and you know, that the mental approach and the energy needed was, was all because of the way I am, I guess. Um, but you know, photography is, it, it gets you into seeing these places, into NASA, into places like Lockheed Skunk Works and Formula One teams and observatories in the Atacama Desert um, and places that I've had to sign disclaimers to say that I haven't been there and I haven't seen things. So it's an enormous privilege. Um, and it's, um, weirdly enough, it's a sort of, it's something that you have to become extremely present in because you have to be very focused on what you're doing in every way. And then it's also a form of escapism that, that sort of, it's like a weird dichotomy where you're, you're, you're allowed into this world temporarily and you get to see all these wonderful things and then you have to leave again. And then you're, you know, you're left with that record of, of you showing sort of trying to show others how you, you saw those moments, which is um, again, you know, it's, it's something that I think when you know it's right, then there's an honesty to the image. And I think that to me is one of the most important things I can sort of offer in the form of advice to anyone is make sure your work has an honesty to it. The way you see something is going to be different to the way somebody else sees something. And if you are passionate about your subject, if it's something that you really enjoy, then you're always going to get more out of that than something that you just do because you think you should be doing it. You know, lots of people want to think they should be portrait or fashion photographers because they think that's the way to go. And then they ignore that sort of inner voice that says, no, no, you should be doing, you know, you should be going, you enjoy shooting landscapes or you enjoy shooting, um, you know, just the sort of street style photography and, there's um I've got a few assistants which have slowly coming around to understanding that the thing that they really enjoy actually is the thing that resonates with other people and not the thing that they thought they should be doing. So I guess in that respect, um, you know, that's a it's a sort of simple thing to say, but actually for some people it's a very difficult thing to follow. Um I guess that's really it for me, really. I would say photography to me is an honest release. Um, it's one of the most honest things I do and it's the most creative thing I do and it allows all the various parts of me to feel fulfilled um, and communicate with people in a, in a world but sometimes it's quite difficult to do that. Thank you very much for your contribution this week, Benedict. Very interesting. I love the idea of him having to sign documentation to say he hasn't been somewhere. 
when quite obviously he will have the photographic documentation to prove that he has been there. It's a wonderful dichotomy there, but also really interesting in, a, in an episode, I suppose, which is kind of unplanned as always, but seems to be leading us towards a discussion around honesty, whether or not that's honesty in the manipulation of an image or honesty in the creation of the image. And I think if you're not aware of Benedict's work, I think you really should check it out. It's very different to a lot of the photographer's work we've featured on the podcast in its graphic perfection, but... For me, it it really does resonate. And maybe that's because I come from a a graphic background as well. So I really appreciate his use of composition and juxtaposition. But it also, to me, points to a future for photography, which I think is really interesting. And so often we forget to talk about the the future of photography. We're so obsessed with the present. But, you know, it's moving forward all the time and it's evolving. And I think Benedict's work is uh, very much pointing to one potential future for the medium. Uh, Just leaves me this week to... uh, tidy up a few things don't forget you can sign up for our newsletter the full details of that are on the united nations of photography.com website comes out every week on a wednesday just after the podcast launches reminds you that the podcast is ready for you and also introduces you into a number of articles in our archive to save you having to scan through the website. We make a weekly suggestion of four or five. Also, we keep you informed of events that are coming up and things you can get involved with. So far, the response to the newsletter has been really positive, as it often is to this podcast. So I thank you all for your support as far as that's concerned. As always, Busy week coming up, lots going on, sun's coming out, getting a little bit warmer. I've managed to have a haircut, thanks for asking by the way, after I revealed the mess that was sitting on top of my head in last week's episode. Anyway, new haircut, sun's up, getting warmer, just take care.